Ohio Mike is a New York City-based artist from, you guessed it, Ohio, specializing in one-line portraits, but also known for his contemporary paintings and stickers. Growing up, Mike was the kid in class, always drawing. And as he grew older, it transformed into graffiti. When he got to New York City, performance art stuck out to him. He was eventually asked to draw live while a band was playing and the art was being projected onto the band itself. Ultimately, Mike combined all of these experiences into one art form, one-line portraits. It's art, it's performance, and it's a lot of Mike. Thanks for joining this episode. Let's fire it up. What made you want to? Uh, I forgot that before, and it's been terrible. What, what made you want to stop drinking coffee? Well, I, I was drinking like a sixteen ounce iced coffee with four shots of espresso in it, basically every morning. <laughs> wow! You know, yeah. I couldn't answer any questions before I drank the coffee, so um, I decided that was like too much coffee. So I kind of I got sick, and I had to go on a restricted diet. And was like, all right, well, now I've kind of quit drinking coffee, so I'm just going to stick with it. And then for about six months, I just didn't drink anything. And then for about six months, I drank tea. And, you know, I'm much more calm in general. Um, mm-hmm. Now that when I drink coffee, I drink like a coffee, you know, people right. ask me like, what kind of coffee do you want? I'm like, just a coffee. No, like, want anything in that? You want any right. special macchiato, you know, supercharged uh, vitamin D and, uh, you know, antidepressants? I'm like, no, just like coffee is fine. Thanks. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm uh, getting to the point with coffee that I'm uh, every time I have a cup, like the idea is nice for the warmth, but something with my stomach. I'm just, I'm, it's kind of nice because it makes me not drink that much, but. I just get heartburn all the time, no matter what. Eat a pizza, drink some coffee, whatever. It just doesn't feel good in my stomach. Probably go to a doctor. But um, so I still drink, like I used to drink like four cups of coffee a day. Or not yeah. more, just like right off the bat, just drink until like noon. And then you're jittery and anxious and pulling your hair. And, uh, and then you start eating food and I get cramps more easy. So yeah, definitely coffee is not as glorious. I've always just been black coffee. But I have gone to like Dutch Bros a few times, and that's just so addicting. With they put all the cream and all the extra shots, and it's like it's, a candy bar. It's like oh, it's so good, it's so good. And I used to drink that all the time, but I'm not next to one. But yeah, coffee's addicting. I'm, I would like to not drink as much. The tea, you're, are you going to keep doing the tea stuff? Yeah, I decided. I think like I'll do tea when I wake up, and I'm like, uh, I don't need you know a coffee. So I'll do a, I'll do a tea because I generally need something, you know, something to get me going. And, you know, we'll see what happens this summer because, um, you know, it gets hot. You don't want to really want to turn on a burner. So um, we'll see sort of how how I feel about the tea uh, mm-hmm. as, as we go. But, um, yeah, definitely I've got, you know, a solo show tonight. I've got uh, a group show that we're installing after the solo show that opens Friday. Uh, and goes all weekend. So I need to pick it into gear. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I feel that 100%. Um, coffee's good for that, especially if you're not doing it often. Like in college, I hardly ever drink coffee. And then I had to help a buddy move one day. And then so we moved like all day. 
and then uh, moved, drove up to Dallas to see my girlfriend at the time. And uh, yeah, I had a had this ginormous frappuccino. I was ready to go. It was it was like a different animal. So you still remember the exact moment? I, uh, that's that's interesting. Yeah, I, I didn't drink coffee until I moved to New York, and then I said, "How are these people, you know, doing this? I don't get it." And then once I started drinking coffee, I was like, "Oh, that's yeah. how, that's yeah. how." Especially good coffee. Anytime I go abroad to like Central America. I mean, it's it's truly just like a different bean. It's so much like, you know, it's right next to the source, and you get some like oily stuff on top of it, and that stuff gets you going. And it's not that jittery. I feel like we're talking about drugs now, which I mean, coffee is technically a drug. Yeah, it's my it's my last it's my last bastion, my last uh, <laughs> the last hurrah. Sometimes, yeah, exactly. yeah. So you you don't drink any um, alcohol. No, I know. I've been sober for almost five years now. Um, oh, nice. Congrats. I basically quit when my wife quit. Um, That's awesome. She had a, you know, a mental health um, crisis that uh, caused, you know, a lot of a lot of stress. And um, when we kind of came out of that, um, she was like, I'm going to get sober. And I was like, that sounds horrible. <laughs> but, uh, you know, five years in, I'm like, no, it's like I feel a lot better all the time. Get so much more done. And you know, um, relatively enjoy my life compared to how my life was. But I'm also, you know, like in my 40s. So when I was in my 20s and 30s, I couldn't have imagined such such anarchy as like being sober. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's been a it's been a good run. Good. Yeah, I um, my sister is sober, and uh, but thankfully I'm not like that. Uh, anyway, and like I said, I, anytime I drink, I just I want to fall asleep or my stomach hurts. I think it's perfect built-in mechanism. But you get confused I, about who Robert Plant is, you know? Yeah, exactly. I need. I went to. Um, she's not the one that's sober. It's a different sober because she was passed out drunk at like eight p.m. But um, uh, anyway, I love the idea. Even before she got sober, I just love the idea of like it's cheaper there's less heartburn for me you know moving forward like in my 30s i'm 29 so i would love love to be able to get it together by the 30 and just be like yeah i'm good i love wine on occasion but it's a food in my mind but yeah. anytime like i haven't gotten a hangover in like almost two years i just i'm like man I completely write it off it's just an expense at this point you know yeah and it, it definitely is i've noticed that big time uh you know i actually have money all the time because we don't yeah just gotta buy more coffee i guess well i appreciate you hopping on board here and chatting um i've had some fun speaking with romeo and a couple other guys and um his group and so um yeah he's just sent over all these people that are like hey he's uh they're badasses you should chat with them so i appreciate you hopping on sure um otherwise do you want to give the audience an introduction into who you are yeah, sure. Ohio Mike, the one-line master, based in New York City, um, trying to bring the street uh, 70s and 80s inspired graffiti into the gallery, um, working on single lines to make sure um, I'm able to uh, draw your portrait in uh, less than a minute, based in a New York minute. And um, known for my contemporary art painting, portraits, uh, and stickers. A lot of street art stickers out there. Nice. So what what made you get into art overall, just getting into art itself? Yeah, man. I mean, I just kind of like, 
you know, moved out of Ohio and um, had always been drawing. You know, my brother taught me how to draw when I was five. And it just kind of took off from there. I was the kid who in, you know, school was always drawing through class. And fortunately, I had the kind of teachers who were, you know, would make sure that I was taking the best notes in the class, but underneath that would appreciate that I was, you know, keeping my mind occupied with uh, some illustrating. <clears throat> so mm -hmm. uh, once I moved to New York, I, you know, had kind of like always just been doodling and kind of like brought that automatic obsessive drawing into graffiti. Um, you know, realize there are millions of eyeballs in New York city every day and they can walk by your art. If you are, um, as slick as the advertisers who, um, you know, post up, uh, street bills and, um, lots of different, uh, gorilla, uh, wheat paste and things that they up on on signs and throughout new york city so you can get in on the game too if you want to you know uh put your put your mark in the in the public sphere so i was able to do that um did a lot of like performance art stuff when i started out um i have a a, a friend who i grew up on the same street and he moved to new york first and then when i moved here he really got interested in performance went to brooklyn college for his um, masters in fine arts and uh, performance and um, as my primary collaborator, he and I did something called Life Partner, where we were uh, conducting a long-term and continue to do this performance to this day, a long-term durational performance where we grew up on the same street and then we lived on the same street again. Um, we wrestled on the same team and then we wrestled in art galleries around everyone's expensive work, uh, oftentimes getting you know kicked out. Um, but the performance was something like capoeira maybe um mm. and um you know it's something we still do to this day we've done it around the world so really really interested in the element of live performance uh and art and so i kind of try to bring a live performance to every experience that i do in, in art whether that be graffiti or portraits or or oftentimes painting okay and so you, you've been drawing since you were a kid and whenever you got to New York, started beefing up. When did you know you wanted to try to create this, turn this into like an actual career? Is it, <laughs> is, is it a career? Um, you know, I, I think uh, it's funny. I was talking to Al Diaz, who's a, you know, Basquiat's graffiti partner and a collector of my work, you know, gratefully. Um, and, you know, he just kind of said, I was talking to him about trying to not you know, go into the red. He's like, well, you know, art's a net loss. <laughs> so uh, if you're right. stay out of the red, uh, good luck. But, you know, I think um, it, it was, uh, I was in a cult pretty early on in my time, early 2000s in New York. And um, as part of being in a cult and coming out of a cult, you know, you are very lost. So the only thing that was able to really heal my mind was the artistic practice uh and so just the the practice of art making was really uh healing to me um getting me back into my own self um and so once i did that i started um moving away from being like henry darger and squirreling away all of my art in a in a janitor's closet and just showing that work and so for my 30th birthday um i had a group close group of friends uh in a boutique hotel room in the lower east side um 
for a, a small celebration. And that's when I showed them, I had just drawn 300 drawings in about three months. And they were like, whoa, this is really good stuff. You should do a show. So I did my first solo show in 2006 at a place called Artland in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. And, you know, everyone was really impressed. Um, and that's actually the show where my bandmate came and saw the work and said, do you think you can do this live, like to music? Uh, that's awesome. And I was like, I'm, what do you mean? He was like, you know, like on a Wacom tablet. And I was like, what's what's a Wacom tablet? It's like a, like a digital drawing tablet and do it as projections. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh -huh. um, so we just celebrated our 15th year uh, collaborating together. We did a performance at Berkeley College of Music where he's now faculty. Um, and basically he decided he wants to make art like I make art, which is live. And so he uses live production techniques to do electronic music. And I Isn't draw the one with the weird guitar looking thing. That's him. His name's Dan Freeman. Uh, yeah, that's the last name. That's right. Free, Freeman, Freeman. Same, same, same name. So yeah. So um, yeah. So, and so I really focused, you know, a lot on working with him. We toured, you know, you were talking earlier about uh, going to Columbia or you know, Central America, South America to drink coffee. And so we, we toured a little bit, uh, Costa Rica and so great. I love Costa Rica. Pura Vida. So yeah, we, we really like, I did a lot of, I mean, we were playing like twice a week. So I was like very focused on that performance for many years and doing the live projections, which I'm actually getting back into. So, you know, right. everything you do as an artist is, is, a, is a practice and a study, um, right. um towards something else towards the next thing yeah again we kind of already talked about it but what other strategies and techniques do you use to um to create art overall and kind of what does that look like in terms of putting out content or putting out more art yeah i mean i think um you know there's an analogy i really like when i was uh younger and in, in ohio living on a river we had uh kneeboarding and so my brother-in-law took me kneeboarding for the first time on the like very flat kneeboard uh before the next generation of like concave kneeboards were created oh, wow. yeah so i had to learn how to do that you know and it took me about 50 times to get just to get up and by the end of the weekend i was like doing twists and flips um but i think learning on the the you know, the less good, <laughs> the less good one um, helped me when I got onto the concave keyboards, I was like, Oh, I'll never fall off of this. Right. right. And so I, I think about that with, with art and tools, especially working with tools that are like, kind of like de-skilling, they call it um, working with tools that are not archival, working with things that are ephemeral, uh, doing a lot of graffiti on trash as practice. Um, you know, that's kind of that that's a little bit of my like strategy is like you know what's permanent and what's ephemeral um and so most recently i'm kind of like as as someone who was always told you should that's great you should paint that right um i'm a, an illustrator so even when i work with paint i draw so you can see that the the piece behind me is mm -hmm. basically me using this needle tip uh paint pen that allows me to draw but gives the feel of paint because it is paint so i am a painter now <laughs> you know yeah. um same thing with the with the digital drawing you know i always called it animation and animators are like no it's like 52 frames per second it's not animation you know but how i use the 
the application, I am animating, I'm animating the line. Um, you know, the same thing with performance art, like, you know, they're like, you didn't study performance art, you don't know that what this is. And to other people, they're like, this looks like it's live. It doesn't look rehearsed. It doesn't look thought through. And that's the kind of performance art I want to do. I want it to like be unclear whether it's really happening. <laughs> what is happening here? I want people, you know, to be confused about the kind of work that I'm putting out. Um, and so that's kind of the strategy. The strategy is to embed it in the fabric of space and time and make it look like it's like everything else and not something, you know, uh, forced in there. Mm -hmm. um so when, i'm curious with these uh i'm just looking at the instagram with the new york minute which is a great idea where do you 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 go to like um some of these look like they're at shows but some of them look like they're kind of out in public yeah how do you do those that's kind of the the live element so like wherever i am is my studio you know, wherever mm. I am is my practice. And so I am always looking to draw the next portrait. Um, in recent years, I've been brought into gala as to do them, you know, for a pretty penny. Um, I've been, you know, I'm available to be booked, you know, uh, to right. do uh, portraits for, you know, uh, events. And it's, it's really rewarding to the degree that there's a captive audience. So I always love a place where someone's ready to have their portrait drawn um, because years and years of like standing on the street, like begging to draw someone's portrait, you know, now I actually have a captive audience in most places I go because they know me from, you know, the portrait mm -hmm. game. They see it on Instagram. They want their portrait. Um, so yeah, I, I do it everywhere. I do it at, at my own art shows. Um, I do it, you know, uh, on the street at parties. Um, a lot of the, you know, I'm kind of known as an artist artist. So a lot of what I do is I, you know, draw, um, you know, at parties and at events and people are like, Oh, I'm so lucky. I got my portrait drawn. And it's just, you know, happenstance when I start to feel it, I'm like, okay, this is happening right now. I like that. You're an artist artist. Yeah. It'd be pretty cool. You step into, step into the club and everybody wants a picture and you just like, you just dishing out. Do you, do you sell them on the spot or is it just kind of like, here you go. Yeah, that's tricky. I mean, so I did about 13,000 on the inside of matchbooks, all serially numbered um, for about 15 years. Um, you know, it was my thing, like, you know, uh, matchbook guy. I would get on the L train going home to Williamsburg at, you know, the 8th Avenue stop in Manhattan and ask if I could draw someone's portrait. And the first three people would say no. And then somebody would be like, okay. And I would draw it and then they would just be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. And then the next people would start to kind of queue up and even like jockey for their next, you know, portrait. Mm -hmm. So uh, by the time I left the portrait, uh, by the time I left the train car, everyone was like, oh my gosh, what just happened? You know, so mm -hmm. um, that's kind of where it started. And it was, it was like a free service, <laughs> you know, it was, uh, you know, before so I was on social media, so no one knew who I was, and it was just relatively anonymous gift economy, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, as I kind of went through, there became a value to it, and so you know, I would charge you know people uh for it. When I'm at my shows, I'm obviously like trying to sell work, so um, in that context, 
you know, and sometimes I have a, a percentage that I'm trying to give to the curator. So I'm trying to make money in those situations. So I will um, put a charge on that. Uh, and then the event's been very lucrative. You know, there's a fee um, uh, for an appearance for me. So that, you know, covers me right. to draw everybody in the space uh, because they're very generous with that fee. Um, and I don't feel like, you know, I have to measure how many people I'm drawing or ask anybody for any money. That's awesome. That's pretty sick. I like these uh, drawing paintings too, like quite a bit. Um, one of these posts from like 17 weeks ago. I don't know. Uh, it shows you in front of three of them. And I, I like the blue in the background, but I like I like it. It's like, um, I like the smaller lines. I'm trying to paint a little bit more <clears throat> and uh, just getting inspired talking to you guys. And oh, one thing I'm realizing is like, I really don't like a lot of the art that I like to see online is with these smaller uh, paint pens or whatever, and they like pour the paint in. They might do these cool little angles or whatever. Um, anyways, that's like good. That's I mean that's the that's the goal. I mean at least for me is to you know make work that inspires other people to make work because that because that's what's happened to me. You know I was really like when I moved to New York, I started seeing this graffiti tag everywhere, uh, this alien head with tentacles. And it was somebody called UFO 907. And I just saw it on the, on buildings and any any direction I would go, I would walk out of the train and I would look this way and I would look that way and I would say, oh, there's the alien head graffiti. It's got to be that way. And so I would really think about it in terms of it being more like archaeology, uh, right. sociology and anthropology and so that's kind of to me when i was like okay actually graffiti is much more than just you know somebody tagging something it's actually has the placement of it the you know, right. for it there's so much more meaning to it and that's really when i became an artist oh that's awesome and uh college so this is one of the big mistakes i made in life i got a degree in nutrition thinking at pretty much a state-ran college they would teach us the truth about like how to eat <laughs> yeah it's just it's complete complete bullshit with the pyramids and everything uh, but in the time i had taken a linguistic anthropology or an anthropology class and then I, I loved it so much i got such a good grade it was so logical that i went into a lot linguistic anthropology class and one of our um and you know whenever you're like a, and i was like a junior at the time but as a freshman sophomore you see these people walking around campus or on like west campus and they're like taking photos of whatever because they're in a photography class or they're like taking samples and stuff like oh that's cool it's like out outside and you're like learning on the fly and, you know it's part of your homework just walk around and do that and so sure enough for linguistic anthropology they're like we're gonna do a project on signs so go around take photos of different types of signs and i love photography too and at the time i didn't look at myself as a photographer but i enjoyed like all the angles and getting things right and linear and stuff so it's one of my favorite like projects that i did was just going around west campus and taking photos of all of the different like parking signs but also graffiti and that's really what it ultimately all became was just these different types of graffiti but uh yeah graffiti is interesting especially like if you were to map out this like ufo 809 or whatever and try to map out like where all the different tags are i think it would be interesting because you'd probably locate the person's house because it would just get like more red like more dense right close to this little ufo's like pad and uh i don't know that that made me think of it but yeah it's fun to Go out there and see like in the environment and especially if you're looking for it you'll see some of the same type of tagging and especially in a city like new york i mean that's like goes hand in hand with new york city 
is like having graffiti and having your territory or your tagging, you know, uh, signature or whatever. But that's pretty cool. Did you ever end up tagging yourself? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I had a gallerist that basically told me, like, you're wasting your time if you're not doing graffiti. With the style that you have, like, it's right. designed for graffiti. And if you don't want a million eyeballs on it, you know, every day, then don't do graffiti. But right. it, things really kind of, like, opened up when I started doing graffiti. Um, and people started seeing my tag. And, like, you know, in the same at the same show that after 17 years, I finally located and met UFO. Okay. Same show, you know, I meet him, I draw, you know, his portrait and I say, you know, uh, here, I'd like to give this to you. And he turns it over and it's got my tag on it. And he's like, I've seen this around. <laughs> oh, nice. And he was like, cool, man. I was like, you know, I was like, you know, you're, you're, you're amazing. I was like, you know, total, total fanning out. And right. I said, you're amazing. Just, you know, I'm an artist because of the work that you did in the early 2000s. And he was like, cool, man, have some stickers, right? And same party, okay, same same event. Um, somebody came up to me and they said, are you Ohio Mike? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, oh, I'm such a fan. I follow you on Instagram. And I was I like, what is happening? And, and it just occurred to me to just say to him, like, cool, man, have some stickers. And I kind of like, in uh... the same breath that I finally met my idol somebody i realized i was actually like somebody else's idol uh that's so cool play it all cool like, yeah man take some take some things um one thing that i think it would be is funny i mean you, you do yours in a minute and you got your style but there's that guy on, on tiktok who's like pretty he like makes these super high detailed the hispanic dude from new york um i forgot his name but he, i don't know if he, and it's not just on tiktok he, he got famous on tiktok uh but i see him on instagram um yeah he, he's like gotten really popular by sitting on the train and he draws someone but he probably spends like 20 minutes on it or whatever do you know yeah i do i actually i met him this summer oh, no <laughs> way. saw him walking in the streets of new york and i was like hold on a second i gotta draw this guy's portrait yeah because exactly. it only takes a minute so i was like hey man i've got your portrait and he was like what and then it was the same experience that a lot of people have with me it's I say, hey, I'm drawing your portrait, and they go, what? And then it's done. And like right. 30 seconds later, they they hold still, and then they have a portrait, which is not. I mean, it's different than what he does, but like, I don't know how he does what he does in such a short amount of time, or at least, yeah. however the the edit is cut. Um, but he was, yeah, he was, uh, he was surprised to have his portrait drawn, as we all are, who are also right. portrait artists. Yeah. Um, but it was it was cool because I didn't know who he was. My friend was like, "You have to draw this guy's portrait," and then uh, I did it. Yeah. Then I took a look at his Instagram, and I was like, "Wow, that that's some real talent." So yeah, yeah. I, I'm not looking at his page right now, but yeah, I, I totally met him this summer. I uh, I thought I when a person when I first saw that video, I was like, "I got to do that," but my art's gonna be so shitty. Like just show, be like, "Hey man, I drew a po portrait of you," and it's just like complete shit. <laughs> just you know what though. I will say this: the first five thousand matchbooks that I drew were just illustrations. You know, I would I would set them places in coffee shops. It was just a a street art object that I would put out there in the world. And when I um, and those early ones, like whoever has those, like I love those things so much. Um, but right around five thousand, my friend said you should draw portraits, and I was like, I don't draw portraits. And he was like, You could, yeah. You know, and and now I do. So you know, it takes some time. Yeah. 100 percent 
Um, all right, let's see if I could come up with a good question. I got a lot more respect for people who interview because uh, coming up with questions is not the easiest. Um, all right. Um, so on social media, do you have any tips or suggestions for kind of growing your accounts or reaching out to more people, ultimately culminating and you know spreading your name and earning a little bit more chatter? You know, I think I... I was in LA with a friend and he told me like, I have to be on Instagram. And I was like, I don't know that I do. And he basically was like, no, you really do. And then, uh, you know, another, by the end of the night, I agreed I would do it. And then another friend said, told me, you know, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice by not being on, you know, all the, all the, all the platforms. Um, So I'm always like surprised at how few Instagram followers I have um, compared to, how much like my media imprint is out there, you know, the videos of live drawing, you know, uh, shows just sort of constantly creating content. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised at how like, you know, few Instagram followers I have compared to, I don't know, others who are doing similar things. Um, that said, like, basically like I was really late to the party and I still, you know, sort of consistently grow, followers um and um you know that that is about just constantly generating content so you know you you really do lose the the traction if you don't continue to put stuff out there um does that stress you out i guess yeah totally it's a second job of course it's you know but but that part of it you can't really worry about it. You just have to keep doing it, you know? And it, honestly, like if you're interested in what you're doing, you are actually always photographing and videoing it. So it's kind of fun to like keep a record of all the things that you're doing. Uh, and for me, because I'm doing so many things, it's actually really quite helpful to have a record. Like you're looking back right now through it um, mm-hmm. of things that I've been doing. And so, you know, it's good to, to have that imprint. Some people want to have a more curated feed. Um, I like the sort of like blog, uh aspect of like you could go all the way back to 20 you know 17 or 2018 and see like what i've done um and some people spend the time like i'll still get like a like from like 20 you know 19 (laughs) sometimes which is creepy you're like what happened how did you get a hold of that um Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean i i would say just like continue to be active and continue to put yourself out there i also think like like other people's stuff i mean that actually helps the algorithm you know, like put you in queue and, um, you know, keep you sort of connected to others. If you're not getting someone's information or, um, you know, updates from them, go and like a couple of their posts and then that, you know, will refresh your, your connection in the queue. Um, and then I think like, you know, see where use, use social media as a tool and see where other people are, are going, go to those places in person and connect with those people in person after you've you know understood who they are online yeah i feel like at least i mean personally instagram's like a really good dating app you know like that's pretty much what it is you're trying to just show off like hey i'm a good guy i'm a cool person i like artistic stuff or whatever and it's the same for i mean obviously for a business it's kind of you know it's a selling app you're really trying to showcase kind of who you are what the personality is what the product is and then bottom line the best way to do it is in person it's a cool reflection reflection of it on like a social account but uh but yeah i'm exactly like going in person for anything anything any type of sales or any conversations you know people don't want to go to work 
every day, of course, but like one meeting in person or one day at the office every two weeks or something would have a big, you know, it, it's it's just good to be with people. You build that rapport, you have all the, you know, little muscles in your face going off. And um, so, yeah, I'm sure some people are really heavy on the in-person stuff and not so much with social media to kind of reflect that and you know the algorithms whenever you reference people or tag them or starts building this web of networking or whatever. And then other people maybe are a little bit more on social media, just pushing out content. There's some artists out there that just, I mean, you're, you're, I would say your page is very much different than it's like on one end of a spectrum versus cause it's a lot more, like you said, like a real life blog, you're, it's like constant posts. And uh, it shows a lot of like where you are, where you've been physically, like you're going around New York and some artists, though, they just take photos of their paintings. It's really boring. They're just photos of the paintings and you can tell like they're not really going out and about and meeting other people and chatting and like building up that presence online and getting, you know, getting uh, shout outs and whatnot. So it's an interesting game to play. And I think at the end of the day, it's really just like social media seemingly in like art capacity is a lot more just for like telling people where exactly like where you're going to go, how to come to different shows. It's, It's a lot more promotional than just like actually being the online store or anything like that which you can also like link an online store to it you know you can right. also do a lot more with it than probably even i do um and also use it as a dating app as you said also one thing that i think is funny is um and i would love to do this automatically but because like i asked earlier it's like oh does that get stressful like it stresses me out obviously because i'm not that good at it and i just don't think in terms of you know, social media, like posting and stuff like my posts are terrible. Uh, and especially for like the actual Freeman art company thing, I have one post and, um, uh, but anyways, so it's, it's interesting, at least on my personal profile, if you watch other people's stories, like they'll watch yours back, but if you don't watch them, they won't watch it. So it'd be cool to like set up an automatic system where you just, it shows that like you viewed everybody's stories and like you're constantly engaged or you press like on like half their photos some way to get i mean it sounds like cheating but some way to be able to at least like it's like you said if 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 you like re-engage with them the algorithms change you know they're kind of more alive than not and so it helps promote you the more active you're on or seemingly active you are on social media the easier it is for other people to get your you, you to get their attention but I mean, um as you as you mentioned that, I'm actually like uh, sitting here reviewing everyone's stories so that I, I appear in everyone's stories. So yeah, it, it, you can you can do that. It's a thing, and it's nice to see you know other people's stories. But after a certain point, it's uh, it's just a lot. You know, it's a small little ten seconds or four seconds of a little video. It starts to go crazy. Nothing like solid, but hard to and, keep up. Yeah, it is. Um, so, um. So in terms of like, have you gotten any, any larger like commission opportunities from this aside from the portraits? Uh, has anybody, are you trying to do like your next solo show or anything regarding that? You know, I'm not really into commissions. When I get commissions, I feel like a lot of pressure to create what somebody else wants. And I just never got into art for that reason. So, you know, typically like I will tell people, I will kind of like, it sort of like a most was like a Buddhist monk sense. Like I'll say, you know, this is not the commission you're looking for, you know, please step away, go home. I'm not going to do it. And then they'll come back and they're like, no, but I really want you to do it. And I'll be like, um, 
I'll do it, but I'm only going to do what I do. So if that's acceptable, then you can accept it and don't ask me for a different color or, right. you know, uh, you know, this to have uh, teddy bears in it or whatever right. sort of specific yeah. thing you want. Um, so yeah, I, I do really just stay focused on the work that I create that I'm inspired to create. Um, and if people, you know, like it or want to adapt it, um, they can. I have done like some logos for podcasts and different things like that. Um, logos are my least favorite thing to do. Uh, they're just that, that sounds uh, like real work, like truly hard work. Just do some AI thing, get get the logo to generate automatically. Yeah, I mean, I wish I was like into AI that way, but yeah, I, I do everything kind of by hand also, so it doesn't necessarily translate digitally very very well. I don't think. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I I I really focused on just like especially in the last year or so doing art basel uh doing art expo new york putting my work um out there you know to have the the eyeballs of like you know the top collectors take a look at it and get familiar with it and be introduced to me as an artist um and sort of see where that where that goes it's like less lucrative than you know going the commission's route um right. but maybe a better long-term prospect right exactly so how do you manage like negotiations or pricing for the drawing? Like if someone's like, yeah, come, come to this, you know, art show and we'll pay you, you know, this much. And you're like, it has to be more, or is it always just like, yeah, that's better than what I had before. You know, if you go too high, people just walk away. So you have to be careful with that. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't really want to do events. So the way it all happened was I was like, I don't want to do this how much would it cost for me to come there a ridiculous amount like more than i think you'll agree to and then people said yes so so then i kind of got stuck at this price that people were like oh that's a lot of money and i'm like well that's okay if you don't you know can't do it don't want it and then they'd say well i really want it but i don't have that kind of money you know and so then i would say well i can offer like a for nonprofits and for benefits and for galas and things like that i will offer like a nonprofit rate um which is still like in my opinion for art like a lot but compared to what i do on the street which is like a certain amount of money per head um it only takes a minute but the one of one artwork that's of you um by a portrait artist like of note like it, it's the, the deal of the century you know like it's way cheaper to get a portrait than it is a painting so the paintings that people buy are really expensive and they're priced really high because i don't do very many of them so the painting you see behind me is a part of a series called drip um you know those are what I, those are what i show in miami those are what i show you know at art shows in new york and that's kind of the body of work that i'm pushing right now um and the in the in there have been a few sold at a high price so that's why they're like a little expensive other collectors have already paid that amount so if you want to get into the collecting my work at that level you are kind of like um becoming a patron and and you know becoming a collector and you you want there to be like a high value to that work so that's why those are relatively expensive um then in the mid-level you know, I just have a lot of like watercolors and other works on paper that don't sell for that much because they're works on paper. Um, and so, you know, I, I kind of work with those because I do want uh, distribution. I want 
my work in people's collections and depending on who you know they are if they're friends or if they're sort of friends of the art world you know i'll work with people to make sure that they can get that piece in their collection right okay that's smart did you do at art basel did was it just strictly an exhibition or were you doing some uh as people walk by doing some portraits yeah i mean the first year i showed at a big fair in art basel i um was very successful like i basically like paid for my trip with portraits you know and it was like over 200 portraits i probably drew over the weekend it was it was a lot of drawing um and thankfully actually like topo chico was the one of the sponsors and they had an interactive art booth uh experience and so they saw me drawing portraits and they were like you would you like to come over and draw with us and so it was perfect because people would get a free topo chico mineral water and then i would say would you like your portrait and they would say yes and i would like you know is this amount you know acceptable and they'd either say yes or no but most often they would say do you take venmo and i was like yeah so you know um and once people you know the trick with the portrait game is as i'm drawing them everyone wants them because they see how awesome they are uh you know i am kind of like looking into your soul Mm. and trying to render your essence in under a minute and trying to draw you out so i can do that so everyone is the center of attention in those situations and so people who really like that which are a lot of people who go to art fairs um you know get a piece of work with their face on it and they love that um and then that's kind of led to you know additional work that i've done with topo chico which is great um you know so i've i've done a lot of the the portraits to help sort of um pay for the expenses or defray some of the costs of just doing art, which is typically a net loss. Mm-hmm. Be smart to hire someone just like follow you around or like a couple different people follow you around the art basil thing. Whenever things get a little low, you, you signal them, they come up, they start freaking out. And before you know it, you got 50 people giving you, you know, luckily I have friends who have other friends who haven't met me. And that's something that happens. They bring them up. They're like, Oh, you have to draw this person's portrait and then there's suddenly because uh there's a line now to, right. to get your portraits drawn that's smart i like it uh so lastly um do you have any suggestions for like collaboration i feel like that's one thing that just you know just chatting with you so far and then of course how we were introduced i feel like especially with the also community in new york city that's um a big strength that a lot of you develop is networking collaborating and all of that so any suggestions overall or maybe just i don't know we kind of already hit on it and i know a lot of it's like you gotta just get out there but anything in particular like tactics or something if you're more introverted or you're trying to balance building more art versus should i go someone else's or making more art versus going to someone else's show like i don't know i'm sure it comes up like ah, i don't want to talk to these people but you're like well you might meet something that i don't know whatever whatever you got to say yeah no no, it's a good question i mean if you're shy and you're really better with like one-on-one then studio visits are a great way to collaborate with someone um see how other people use their tools how other people set up their studios um i've collaborated with bermeo i've collaborated with a lot of other artists um and just seeing how we work together you learn so much through interactive you know communication and um working together to, to produce something so um I've got another collaboration with an artist called Early Riser, where we do large works and we video and live stream.
frame our process because it happens pretty quickly over the course of an hour we're able to paint a painting together so those are ways to do it it's just her and i in the studio but then with a you know live instagram feed um another really great way to do it especially if you're like you know more introverted is through postal mail i mean during the pandemic, everyone was a little bit forced to figure out new ways to do it. So we did Zoom, you know, collaborations uh, where we would meet and stream it on Instagram Live and also on Zoom. Um, we, and then, you know, I had reached out to my idol UFO nine hundred seven and said, "Hey, actually, I just I just sent him a. I said, "Hey, what's your address? I have something to send you." And I sent him a pack of like non like finished stickers so like i would put my work on one side with a blank and say you know hey if you would if you're interested let's collaborate on these and like no response so i thought like nothing would, was going to come of it and then one day i just got a package in the mail with a big ufo tag on it and uh you know he had completed the stickers and um was just like so cool to see my work alongside the work of somebody who you know basically started me off as an artist that's cool and that's his uh obviously his instagram is ufo 907 yeah, yeah he has a little ufo guy because it looks like his style is a little different now but yeah that's awesome that's super motivating um crap i was gonna say something before i got distracted with the ufo I mean, something about library oh yeah yeah um one thing that I think would be interesting, and I've thought about it before, obviously I don't have like any followers because I'm not an artist, um, but some way of, the original idea was different than what I'm suggest, but basically it was like, I like portraits, but like images of port, like like a nice photograph of some, you know, Gaddafi or whatever. And then there's a little, uh, have like a small little like poster really, and a little QR code. And so you put this person up that was iconic and really, you know, changed a lot of things for, you know, a big group of people. Um, Gaddafi is a terrible example, but anyways. Um, so you scan, you scan the QR code, and so you have this like person that's an icon of some sort, and you scan their QR code, and then up comes like YouTube videos or I don't know, uh, different like links to different areas to learn more about the person. So really, you're putting together, and then as you build up more of these like icons, you start to collect them, and then every time you scan it, it goes to your profile. And she's like, oh, this guy has like 30 different icons and he's actually read through these things or whatever. So it's a fun way to like, you know, put some art on the wall. And also over time, you know, you're going to learn a little bit more about these iconic figures. So it's a little educational, it's artistic, and it's interactive. You have like a community around it. Um, so with That's your a really cool idea. Thank you. Yeah. So I think with your pieces, that'd be cool if you already had all of your papers that you're, or, you know, I'm sure it's a little thicker than paper, but you know, whatever you're you're drawing on, and you already have a QR code printed on each one of them, and it's a separate one. And so then the person scans that QR code, it's unique. They create a profile with it, and then they claim that QR codes. And then as people start to go around, you're like, yeah, you have a community of all these people who have my pieces, and then now you have access to, you know, maybe a show that I might be doing or whatever. And then I don't know something like that would be cool since you're already giving out a lot of papers or pieces you know having some type of way for the people later to be like oh yeah i'm one of the guys that plus it would give a lot if everybody actually started like logging that they have a painting from you or a portrait it would make i think the value go up like tremendously because you'd have a ledger of like look there's fifteen thousand people in new york city 
that no yeah outside of photos like that's like i don't have a whole lot of um cohesion with that and i've always thought about that especially with the matchbooks that i did you know in the early like 2000s it was just like they're out there you know it's more likely that someone will come to someone's house and see it's tagged it's tacked up to their refrigerator or it's like framed or it's mm -hmm. like you know somewhere in their bathroom and they're like oh i know this guy how do you know this guy he like approached me out of nowhere in the lower <laughs> east side so let me draw your portrait and i was like what and then he gave me this matchbook so yeah there's um there's some value in like getting that group together and, and creating a community for them i like i like the idea of that as sort of like social practice art um you know what yeah. is the art the art the research of the articles and the uh, content about the that the qr code brings you to or is the art right. in the, the icon you know yeah it's a whole curated experience that i think for me it would be cool like if there's a company out that's how i judge something like entrepreneurial and like how is this not a thing it needs to be a thing it's going to be a thing you know type of thing or it's like i would buy that immediately no matter how poor i was if i came across a website that's like get a really badass poster every month even from a local from from just artists and it's just a quick little print you have a little qr code start building up like a little piggy bank of, of different art and you can talk to other people about it and so you start to become like oh i'm connected i know art so i don't know something like that would be cool um yeah that's cool that people obviously they'll frame it or they'll put it up and so it's a great way i had actually interviewed with this company uh called lob lob based out of san francisco one of the coolest companies that honestly uh the people were kind of assholes but got nowhere close to getting the job Sounds um, like tech. way, yeah, way underqualified, but they're just, you know, really pretentious Silicon Valley people. Uh, anyways, um, they create one hell of a product. Basically, instead of like an automated email system, they have, uh, it, it, which is based off of like, oh, the customer went to the website, they looked around, they looked at socks, they put one in the bin and then, or the cart, and then they, we haven't heard from them for like two weeks. So let's go ahead and trigger off instead of an email. Let's trigger off sending a physical card to their house. And so then it sits around in their kitchen for two weeks. So they see that name always coming up. You know, it's just right there. It's the most, it's one of the best forms of advertisement because it's right there and we're not going to throw everything away. We always think we're like, I might use that piece of paper later. So you just keep it in the kitchen and it just kind of starts to pack up. And then before you know it, you've stared at the same logo forever. And they pretty much got like free advertising. It just costs like 90 cents to ship it over. And then eventually people were like, you know what, forget it. I'll go ahead and utilize this 5% discount on a cart that I already was exiting out of. So I thought that was really cool. Just having that in-person piece of paper inside of someone's house is like you've been betrayed. Like you're in, especially if there's a QR code on it or some way for them to scan it and go to the website and check stuff out or get involved. You're like, that's it's eventually going to get scanned. If it's not by them, it's by somebody else and way easier than a email. You know, people hate emails, but anyway, it's pretty fun. Yeah, you, you kind of like tapped in there. It's the idea I call it of like revolutionizing the takeaway memento. So it's the record of having met me as an artist. You walk away with an image of yourself. And so when I do it with uh, galas and, and organizations, like the sales point for it is you'll have me draw the portrait and then they will remember the event forever. And then they will want to come back to the event next year. So um, right. that piece of paper reminds them of the event every time they see it they think about you and that mm -hmm. is more valuable than the tickets or the you know whatever sort of ephemera that you might get uh from the from the um gala 
because it's got their face on it. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. And I'm I'm such a I'm I realize I'm really addicted to uh streaks. If I can keep a streak going or like get the you know, you don't want to just stop at one or two or three. So it's like I'm really big like on like a duolingo. I'm like three days away from the five hundred day in a row. Of course oh, wow. you miss the days and you get these like makeup. What language? Uh Espanol or Portuguese, uh La Francaise eh l'italien italiano i always want to say italian italian um italiano um and french is just hard as hell it's so hard french, but french is very hard i like yo hablo espanol un poquito pero no, te, no tengo tiempo para practicar so like yeah. yeah i mean i used to speak a lot better spanish but like i you you, lo you lose it if you don't use it however my accent is still really good so when i do speak it everyone thinks i'm very fluent <laughs> Yeah. And so it's very confusing. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny, it's just crazy how time how thing how just the brain works because I really full heartedly believe that we're kind of like a tree in terms of like we we grow we grow out, right? We're not like it's not like we're replacing the core of our brain. It just grows out. So any incidences that happen as a kid, they're a lot more and the younger you are, it's going to be in your brain a lot harder. So if you start painting or playing sports at a young age and you're good, before you know it, you're always going to be athletic or always going to be really artistic. And, uh, you know, even for small things like uh, uh, getting abused by your family. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> having a terrible teacher. In, I have to say that one. Uh, like having a terrible teacher in, in like middle school or high school for me was Spanish. And it was the same dude all three years. And he was just terrible, just absolutely terrible. And so still to this day, I've been working on Spanish, like, and it's a hard language. It's a billion speakers. It's a lot of different accents. It's a lot going on. If it's like trying to learn every accent of English at the same time, it's just, you're going to, it's going to be super difficult. But um, anyway, still to this day, I'm like doing decent with Portuguese and Spanish or French and Italian. Whenever I'm, I'm learning it, it's not that difficult to remember how to say stuff. But with Spanish, it was the same dude for three years. And even though it was like Spanish one, Spanish intro one two it was pretty much the same class every single time we didn't learn anything at all and so now with spanish yeah like my accent's crystal clear i'm pretty good at like saying certain stuff but it's the moment that we venture off onto words that i've only said like 20 times in conversation as opposed to the stuff that i say in every sentence that it's this ginormous drop off and uh yeah every time i go abroad i still haven't had a whole day where i speak spanish it's like most i've spoken in one day is probably 20 percent and I'm like, man, I just need to go volunteer, do some like some something volunteering where there's no English speakers. Just go to like it's some really place. hard to find a place that where they, they aren't speaking English everywhere in, in yeah. South America and Europe. And I, you know, my trip to Japan kind of like set me up to be like, wow, okay, I can't find anyone to help me in English at all. Uh like in Tokyo, like being lost mm -hmm. in the train station and trying to find somebody who you know no one was either willing or or didn't didn't speak the language well enough to 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 help me out so like yeah if you want to <laughs> if you want to go to you know parts of asia i think there's you know still little very little english spoken some in some yeah. places otherwise yeah. everyone speaks english that's you know it's, it's kind of a problem especially in europe. it's really tough you know yeah. people thought oh, i'll go to germany and you know <laughs> uh, they're in yeah, Berlin. Like, everyone's yeah. speaking english all the time so, yeah, and they kind of get annoyed if you want to. I haven't been to those countries, but whenever I went to Guatemala, you know, you go, I go abroad trying hoping that I'm going to speak more Spanish. And 
I mean, genuinely, yeah, everybody speaks English. All the Guatemalans speak English. And then if they don't, yeah. you're like, oh, great, like you're speaking Spanish, but it's not anything new. You're checking into the hostel. It's all the same stuff. And um, it's like the same conversations, you know, but then you, uh, I met a bunch yeah. of foreign Just Selena, we're happy to have you. You're like, oh, what? <laughs> right, yeah, exactly, yeah. Or you get into a taxi, it's the same conversations. And so you're like, I need, a, it's going on dates or like going on an adventure with people. Um, but anyways, I, that was the first time around so many Europeans and it was, uh, it was shocking. It was definitely, they were like, oh, you're from Texas. Fuck you. And I was just like, what? I, it's what? Oh, I get the very opposite. It's very funny because when I say, you know, they're like, oh, what, you're American. I'm like, yeah, they're like, uh, fuck you. And then I'm like, oh, New York. And they're like, oh, okay. Okay. Well, that's it. I was either going to tell people I'm Canadian or something. Be like, yeah, I'm from Fargo. I have and a Russian here. friend who says he's Polish wherever he goes. That's nice. Yeah, you gotta do you gotta do something and pro tip yeah yeah it's just just live if you feel uncomfortable and you'll ha have a better time but uh yeah they all spoke english and they're they're all speaking english to each other i mean it's the lingua frank it's just so interesting I'm, I'm obsessed with language and yeah i mean we're pretty lucky that we know english but at the same time i'd rather know it and then struggle trying to find a good conversation but anyways well man this was a fun conversation i really appreciate you uh hopping on and chatting this is a fun way to start the day any parting words or last bits of advice no go to ohio mike with zeros and ones and check out my instagram page obviously um available for bookings for portraits uh if you're tuning in um always trying to continue to be grateful for the art community i'm a part of which is the new york street art community um and some of the you know people who blazed the trail before me um just kind of a link in the chain when it comes to graffiti and art in new york um and definitely uh appreciate you today for uh wanting to speak with me and to for hearing Absolutely. me out here this is fun and uh one other question is if people wanted to um have you for an event would you go outside of new york i do travel i'm actually meeting to go back to new orleans hopefully uh in june for their gala for the contemporary art center there and um you know in conversations with different uh organizations kind of all the time but uh you know travel uh is something that i'm more interested in uh i continue yeah. to go to new cities and see what they're up to they have tons of you know amazing artists themselves um but what i do is a, a little bit different than what everyone does um which is why you would bring me to your uh location all right perfect well now we know awesome man well i really appreciate it we'll chat again soon all right brother take care Thanks, sir. peace